predicting that this year the Earth's population will reach 8 billion people sometime around November 15th. It's pretty precise, you know. Maybe they have, you know, <laughs> um, they have somebody's due date, I guess. And in response, the UN Secretary General declared that this makes 2022 a, quote, milestone year. This is an occasion, he said, to celebrate our diversity, recognize our common humanity, and marvel at advancements in health that have extended lifespans and dramatically reduced maternal and child mortality rates. So according to the UN Secretary General, 8 billion is a cause for celebration. Not everyone has reacted this way. However, on his talk show, one of my favorite comedians said that this was actually very bad news, especially if you're any kind of environmentalist. Because one of the main reasons why the earth is in such dire trouble, he said, is that there are too many people. Especially with the rapid industrialization of the developing world, we've already got too many people burning too much gas, taking up too much space, chopping down too many trees and eating too much food. We should actually be shrinking the population, he said, because there simply isn't enough earth for everybody let alone 8 billion and one. There isn't enough, simply, to go around. Now, this may be true. This may be true, and the math doesn't look good. And I mean, the part about burning too much, chopping too much, eating too much isn't good for many reasons. Questions... Of truth aside, though, this grim monologue is a pretty good reflection of the human condition. At the heart of who we are is a deep sense of scarcity. Scarcity. There just isn't enough to go around. We aren't enough. This attitude shapes how we see the world and what's important to us and how we act in it. It's at the root of so much that is wrong with us. And the worst part is if there isn't enough to go around, it means that we might be the ones left out. I might not have enough. It makes us afraid. It makes us anxious for the future. And how do we tame this fear? By doing everything we possibly can to make sure we're not left out. By obtaining some amount of security, by striving for more and more. And for some of us, that more is never actually enough. I can't remember which billionaire said this, but when asked about how much more money would be enough, he just replied, just a little bit more, you know. How much would be enough? Just a little bit more. The pit of fear and anxiety is bottomless, that there's never actually enough to go around. Not only that, but this fear that there's not enough can actually drive us to do bad things. On a smaller scale, we steal from and step on others. We trade our family and friends for career and success. And on a larger scale, we'll invade countries, we'll subdue 
populations. Go to the next slide. There you go. I mean, the worst villain in the Marvel movies is Thanos. If you haven't seen it or have no idea what I'm talking about, this guy's whole thing is that there isn't enough in the entire universe to go around. So he goes on a quest to fix it, and he literally eliminates half of the universe's population. He doesn't do it to be evil, but he does it to be good, to save. In eliminating demand, he's making sure that there's enough to go around. I mean, I don't think that it's a coincidence that the most successful movie franchise of recent years hinges on an extreme fear of scarcity, that there's not enough, not just on earth, but anywhere. It's because it's always at the back of our minds, consciously or subconsciously driving our behavior, leaving us fearful, unhappy, and grasping. Just because it's embedded in our fallen nature, though, it doesn't mean it's a good way to live. I mean, who likes living like this? It's not an enjoyable way to be in the world. I mean, if you take one of the more extreme atheist or evolutionary views, you might think it's just the way it is and the way it should be. It's not only them, though. It's the way just about all cultures and societies operate by default, God or no God, nature, red tooth and claw, a constant competition for limited goods. For some, it's virtuous. For others, it might not be good, but it's just the way things are, no alternative. There just isn't enough. Might as well get ours while we can. But hey, I haven't got to the Bible yet, have I? So obviously there's some kind of an alternative, isn't there? There is indeed an alternative to this fearful, grasping way of seeing and living in the world. Next slide, please. I'm reminded of the great American writer, Marilyn Robinson, who in an essay from a few years ago wrote the phrase that America is characterized by fear. You might as well insert whatever country or place you live in. America may be especially characterized by fear, but America is characterized by fear, she said, but fear is not a Christian habit of mind. Fear, in general, is not a Christian habit of mind. Fear that there isn't enough is not a habit, a routine, a practice, or tradition for disciples of Jesus Christ. Next slide, please. Sounds good, but why? Why isn't it part of our tradition? Why isn't it a practice for us to be fearful and afraid? Well, Jesus tells us. Today's scripture from Luke's gospel begins with Jesus' reassurance. Do not be afraid, little flock, he says. Do not be afraid, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Don't be afraid, it's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. 
Now, what is the kingdom exactly? The kingdom is God's rule, God's dominion over creation. The kingdom is the world set right, healed. The world how it ought to be rather than how it is now. Lions lying down with lambs. Every tear wiped away. All things made new. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven and earth together in an everlasting embrace. That is the kingdom, God's good intention for creation, the destiny of creation. And you know, this kingdom, Jesus says, I mean, this kingdom, Jesus says, is ours. It's ours. God isn't holding it back from us. God isn't waiting for us to get our lives in order. God isn't waiting for us to repent, to make amends, to build a perfect world. But it is God's good pleasure to give it to us here and now. It's God's choice, God's joy, God's preference, God's liking, God's wish, God's will, and inclination. You can see I got the thesaurus out for this one to give us everything we've ever needed or truly desired. Forgiveness, peace, whole life, full life, abundant and eternal life, everything set right, that deep longing in us for the world that we know that our hearts, that our hearts know is possible. And how do we know that? How do we know that it's God's good pleasure? Well, you know, that's that Sunday school question. If you don't know what the answer is in Sunday school, what are you supposed to say? Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Classic John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that everyone who believeth on him would not perish but have eternal life. God gave Christ that the world would not perish. In his crucifixion, God gave up everything, and in his resurrection, Christ gained it all. Jesus is the kingdom in the flesh, touching down among us. In Jesus, God has given us himself, has given us the kingdom. Jesus is God's down payment, the sneak preview the promise of the kingdom, the world to come here and now, a foretaste of that heavenly banquet. That's how we know. Does this mean that we can just sit back and sing, you know, don't worry, be happy? I mean, it's a great song, and it's true, don't worry, be happy. Does it mean that everything's just going to work out? No, I mean... We may run out of food. The price of gas may go up higher and higher and higher. We may have inflation out of this world. Bad stuff is going to happen. These are things we can't avoid. If they were things we could avoid, the symbol on our church might not be a cross, but we might have had a smiley face, you know. Could you imagine up there at the front? Don't worry, be happy. What it does mean, though, 
What it does mean is that we have a solid rock to stand on, no matter what the future might hold. Which brings us back to that whole scarcity thing, our scramble to get ours, our fear that there's never enough to go around, our endless, futile quest to secure our lives. Because it's God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, we need not be dominated by this fear or this anxiety for the future. It's God's nature to give and not hold back. You know that Red Hot Chili Pepper song, Give It Away, Give It Away, Give It Away Now? That's God. With God, we have enough. With God, we always have everything we need to face today. The kingdom is ours, and it can't be taken away, meaning that fear need not be our habit of mind. The alternative to scrambling for scarcity is resting in God's abundance. If it's God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, it means we always have enough. It means we are always enough. It's a different way of seeing and being in the world. And the thing is that it'll not only relieve our fears and anxieties, it's liable to change us. Because notice what Jesus says next. Sell your possessions, he says. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out. An unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes and no moth destroys. When we believe that all things are ours in Christ, then we start to believe not that there isn't enough to go around, but that we always have enough to give. I mean, here Jesus isn't addressing relatively wealthy 21st century Canadians. These are third world farmers, peasants, and laborers with virtually nothing. Jesus says that they have the kingdom because their purses are full to the brim with heaven's treasures, God's promises overflowing with God's grace. Because they have God's presence and God's promise in Christ, they too have enough to go around, therefore enough to give. And if they do, so do we. The Christian habit of mind is not fear, but it is gratitude and thanksgiving. It is generosity and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the question is, friends, dear friends, what are you afraid of? What are you missing out on? What are you lacking? What are you anxious about losing or not having enough of? What keeps you up at night? What keeps you popping those antacids day after day after day? The bad news is that these things are very real. We've got to face them. But the good news is little flock that you need not be afraid of any of them. You need not be afraid because it is the Father's good pleasure to give us, to give you the kingdom. With God, there's always enough to go around. Meaning that you are freed from worrying about yourself in order to give of yourself. Because God's given us 
everything we need not fear having, not having anything. The Lord is our shepherd, and we shall not want. And because we need not fear having enough, we're actually free to be generous with whatever we have and whatever we do. Could I get the next slide, please? Or, as the great philosopher and World War II French resistance fighter, Simone Weil, put it, God gave me in order that I may give it back. God gave me in order that I may give it back. It's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And God gave it to you in order that you may give it back. By God's grace, may you and I go and do likewise. Amen. Please stand for our hymn of the day, Voices United 642, Be Thou.